Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chels Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Glenn at Best I Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting. Each week we spill tea in our group chat and each week we let you in on it. I'm Chels Pinky. I'm Glenn at Bedside Brat. And I'm Shade at Black Girls Texting. And today we have a really, really, really special guest. Um, we've been planning this episode for a while because, I don't know, it's just super important. And yeah, so... Without further ado, we have a doctor in the house, um, a beautiful black lady doctor in the house, yes. um, a Brooklyn bred, Brooklyn born, Brooklyn raised doctor in the house. Um, yeah, and we've we've known you since like high school. I don't know, Sade, Glenn, you all want to add anything? I've known Shanae since we oh, were little kids on Pond Street. <laughs> so to now know that you will be delivering my child whenever I have one is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is really special. <laughs> Wait, would that be weird to have your friend in oh, your no. cooch? I got a whole, oh, no. I got a whole waiting list. No, we're good. Okay. No. Okay, so I'm going to jump on that list as well. Yes, please. <laughs> Perf. Um, but yeah, we thought it was really important to have you on. We have a lot of questions ourselves, our, our, um, okay, ourselves. I've been drinking a little wine. Um, <laughs> oh, good. so now I feel less bad when I pour myself a glass of work. Okay. Yes, girl. Pour. Um, and also our listeners have a lot of questions as well. Okay. Um, well, real quick, my name is Shanae. Um, I'm so honored to be, I'm so proud of you guys. Like this is such an amazing platform and um, I'm just so glad that we all kind of, you know, grew up together, have the same interests, are from the same, you know, background and we can all, you know, share this in our adult lives. So shout out to each of you girls. Um, I'm, I'm oh really God. happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, um, but so yeah, let's we, let's do it. Jump let's, in. Let's jump in. Well, before we jump in, actually, I mm-hmm. just want you to highlight maybe some of your accolades because you're a whole ass doctor. You're just a great institution. <laughs> Every I time I see you, Shade, that's like the no, only no. thing you say. I really oh, can't. A whole ass, always. Um, She's a whole ass doctor, Doctor Jeffers. <laughs> I mean, well, it's true. Like, it's really no. You can't really half-ass it, so that makes perfect sense. But, um, you know, from Brooklyn, went to a tiny, you know, school called Haverford in Pennsylvania, went to Penn for medical school, um, and now I've been a doctor at Jefferson, an OBGYN resident for the last two years, about to be halfway through my residency program, thank God. Um, burr, 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 burr. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is so incredible. I'm about to cry. <laughs> You're <Shady. funny. laughs> No, it's okay though, because on the real, Shadi, I was thinking about that too. Like when she says growing like on the streets of Macon, like my cousins, like everybody grew up in Bed Stuy, and she went to school with my cousin, and I'm talking about real young, like five, six, seven, yeah. used to mm-hmm. play jump rope on the yes. street, like in the summertime. Just... Shade, you could double dutch. See, Shanae, don't Ooh. believe you. I didn't say it was double dutch. <laughs> okay. I was kind of early for okay. okay. I'm not going to lie on you, Shade, but <laughs> come on. I'm just saying that they'd be like, you You was playing outside? You was jumping rope? And I'm like, right. you were in to... bed Are you sure I you went weren't in Central PS Park? 308. wow shots fucking fired really for real though damn no but dead ass like being a doctor is like like when you grow up it's like you need to be a doctor or a lawyer you know like that's that's such a prestigious career and here you are a young black woman who did it so we're all proud of you thank you i appreciate that and like i feel honored with my patients when i have my black woman patients like not to be biased, like I give all my patients excellent care, <laughs> but when it's, you know, my black ladies who are in labor or, you know, just coming to the, the office for a regular checkup and, you know, I can tell that 
they were starting a conversation that has never been had with this person. Um, just the information and the education and like being able to relate to my patients in this way, um, you know, yeah. being from another urban community in Brooklyn and then being here in Philadelphia, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm where I should be in terms of being near people who would reach me, who I can reach rather. Yeah. Speaking of like your black women patients, have you noticed like a heightened sense of fear? I don't know. I've been seeing everywhere like black women die when they have babies, black women, you know, Serena Williams, Beyonce. Like it's have you noticed that? Um, So for me personally, I'm like, yes, sure. I notice it because now I'm here. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been hearing about those stats and like we all understand how, you know, (laughs) I don't even know how to put words to it, especially in this kind of day and age still where shit just keeps on happening. But like, we all know that black people going to do the worst, just have in terms of society and how things have been set up. It's like, Mm -hmm. we were not set up to win. We were not set up to be listened to. We were not set up to be acknowledged. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like I've known that. But to be a physician now and to be on the other side of, you know, the questions and like to be the one that is observing, you know, how these women get cared for or, you know, other people's interactions with them that I'm like, huh, like something is different. And I don't, you know, I don't know what it is, but these women are fearful. Like these women like feel already a lack of like trust and it's, I can't imagine what it's like to be, you know, thinking about, you know, being pregnant the day that you deliver your kid and you feel like the whole time you weren't really listened to or that you were kind of being herded and from one decision to the next without somebody like taking the time to explain it to you. And granted, any patient can feel like that. Yeah. But I feel like there is something that, you know, makes black women more reserved to kind of, you know, inquire further just because um, you they, everybody gets so caught up and mm-hmm. it becomes really scary really fast when, you know, plans don't go, things don't go as planned and you have a family and a young black woman who may not, you know, make it. Um, and everybody just feels like, I, I don't know where this went wrong. I don't know what happened. Right. And I think those are the stories that definitely get publicized. And, you know, I can't say that I see, again, that I, I see for myself, like, black women getting, you know, worse care that's leading to worse outcomes. But um, there is something that's definitely in the water that makes things more difficult for, you know, black women to feel safe in the hospital, yeah, in the healthcare system. It's crazy. Like, I'm not even there in life yet in terms of, you know, thinking about having a baby or anything. But I always joke with my boyfriend, like, when that time comes, like, you better fucking advocate for me because all the shit I'm seeing is, like, you need somebody else there, like, holding you down. Yeah. Yes. And honestly, I really like to believe that that is my job. And I say that to my patients when... I'm telling you, this happens every, every day. I -hmm. have a, you know, a black woman that comes in and I can just tell she's very nervous and is like asking questions in a way that I'm like, huh, no one's ever sat down and we haven't, no one's talked to you about this or kind of explained this or, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, all right, I hear you. And I want you to know, like, I'm listening to you. We're on a team. And, you know, I try my best not to make everything feel about race, but I was explaining to my co-residents, like, and we all been, we all been in private school. We know what it's like, you know, to be around primarily white people. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to feel like I'm like, you know, being exclusionary, but I sometimes feel the need to like point at my hand, be like, yeah, I, I know, you know, pointing to my complexion, like, I hear you. I got you. I know that, and if I don't have the answer or if I can't be there for you or whatever, I will let you know that, but I want you to know that there is somebody here that's listening. And I see that that is all 
that is all anybody ever needs. I had a patient literally two days ago. Within, I only interacted with her for maybe seven minutes tops. In the first two minutes, just because I was like engaging her, mm. she said, I feel more cared for and you haven't even done anything like than I have this entire pregnancy. That's crazy. Yeah. And I'm just like, word, because I'm listening to you, because I'm using language you can understand. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about, you know, slang, no stereotype kind of bullshit, but I'm just talking about really eye to eye with my patient. Mm-hmm. Right. Do they teach like bedside manner in medical school? <laughs> That's an age old question, man. I mean, no. Like, the thing is, is like, yes, I totally, this is a privilege and I'm honored to be in like kind of like a prestigious role. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're just people dealing with people, you know? Right. And so you can tell those people who just like, the short of it is, no, you, you can't teach bedside manner. You can't <laughs> yeah. teach, because that's asking, I mean, you can't teach somebody how to like step outside of themselves. You mm-hmm. hope with the things that you do actually teach them and growth and experience allows them to like gain that insight that there is something to learn from other people. I think that is what holds people up. And, you know, as a doctor, I understand why people have a power trip and like, you know, you're almost in a position where you have the final say a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. And in my, you know, back of my mind, I can see how somebody would feel like, you know what, I don't ever really need to think about, you know, other people's experiences or see myself in somebody else's shoes. I think about how it would be if I was on the other side because I'm not on the other side and I'll never be on the other side. So, like, I can just keep doing what I'm doing. Right. And I think that becomes, you know, that is definitely a learned behavior and, yeah. It, the, it just is it's so much bigger is, than being a doctor. Oh, sorry. Sorry, continue. No, you go, no, you go. I was just saying the interesting thing is I feel like often people don't even think about it. Like I'm having a flashback to when I had to get a biopsy because there was like I had like an irregular pap smear and I was seeing these Russian doctors in like Bay Ridge or somewhere. I don't know. And when I went in, like they didn't really explain what the process was going to be like to me didn't really explain like if it was going to be uncomfortable it just kind of like happened and then after I was like what the fuck like I felt so violated (laughs) so then should we pick like should a woman do you think go to a well first of all let me ask Shadi and Glenn do you all like pick female OBGYNs and then you know further pick you know break it down and picks a woman of color i kind of just went with what my insurance offered which happened to be this white man yeah and was it was very bizarre hands. like i had my pap a couple months ago and this dude i don't know y'all a oh, white Lord. man he had He's his dead. shirt unbuttoned mad low and had on a big ass oh no piece on where were you? What? <laughs> iron. It didn't even what make year sense. was this? I'm sick. Literally, Glenn. Like, a couple months ago, this man was, was he with young a or Jesus old? He's on like 40s. Glenn, hit it the Zoc Doc and find bizarre. somebody else. I'm scared. It was bizarre. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I never really thought about it in that way because it was just so routine. Like, I'm just going to yeah. look at my pap and I'm out. Well, good. Um, Get your pap, yeah. no matter who's doing it. So. Exactly. Wait, what? I, I what really is like covered by my insurance? I'm just gonna do it. But I, yes. I would think that. I mean, I, I am sure that when it comes time for me to like have conversations around like conceiving, that I would be very deliberate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With my choice. Yeah. This might be a juvenile question, but like, at what point? At what age should a woman start or girl start mm-hmm. getting paps? And exactly, oh. what is a pap? Okay. So. Um, a pap smear is a way to screen or kind of weed out people who might be at risk for uh, cervical cancer. And ultimately, you're looking for cells that you know appear abnormal or have HPV in them. And most of us know what HPV is, but it's an incredibly common sexually transmitted disease. Good, good. Gardasil. <laughs> Yes. Um, okay, I was gonna ask about that because I definitely didn't. And when my I didn't either, asked, I'd be like, "Yeah," because I'm I don't dead. want to. That <laughs> shit hurt. 
I'm, I heard. I my my friends got it. I mean, I didn't get it, and like, okay, yeah, we could go into all of this. Don't you I'm worry. real hot yeah, when it comes to that shit. Okay, yeah, well, Shadi we gotta talk about tea that. And prayer, but not she. She gonna vaccinate her children, right? Shade. Oh, I all right. Shade. We'll speak separately. Nope, we'll, nope, 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 nope. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> we gotta talk about that. Yes, gather her <laughs> in a separate in a separate uh, chat. <laughs> Wait, but listen, pap smears, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, they screen for cervical cancer, HPV, blah blah blah, um, and a pap by guidelines over the last five years is to start at 21 years of age, okay? And I know some of us grew mm-hmm. up in the time where you got a pap either when you became sexually active or at 18, no matter what. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is not um, that is not the current literature, okay? So that's okay. one. And the reason is because it's such a common and if you are like a healthy young person with a good immune system, like, you know, the normal person is, you're going to clear the infection. And if you go looking for it and taking biopsies and doing things very early, it's unnecessary because chances are women under the age of 21 will clear the infection on their own. So no intervention whatsoever is needed. Mm. So pap smears at 21, when you're under the age of 30, you should get them Every three years, if they are normal. Once you turn 30 and they are normal, you transition to every five years. Okay? So So not every year. Not every year anymore. But some people do still because, you know, I'm learning, like, people don't always go with the book. And, you know, medicine changes very frequently. And you know, folks who are in their own practices who like are more old school, they're like, well, I've been doing this this long. Like, I'm not going to change it. But no. Okay. Okay. So good to know because I hate pap smears. Yeah. I mean, they're terrible. Oh, 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 (laughs) this is so important. A lot of people think that just because they had a speculum, that's the metal thing that opens up the vagina you know fucking hate speculums yeah they're terrible (laughs) but a lot of women think that just because a doctor placed a speculum they had a pap smear they equate the 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 speculum with a pap Mm -hmm. it is not a pap smear it's not even a swab that somebody would do for std testing or if you've got like discharge or whatever and they got to take a swab a pap smear is separate because it is specifically looking at cells on the cervix and so, ladies, if you're listening, you ask your doctor, if you see a speculum or whatever, you're like, oh, are you going to do a pap? Or, like, ask about those. Because a lot of women think mm-hmm. that they've gotten a pap smear because they went to the emergency department and were, like, you know, bleeding or, you know, having vaginal bleeding or, like, having a miscarriage or something like that. They place a speculum, but they're damn sure not doing no pap at that time. So that's my soapbox for a second. No, I love it. I was definitely getting them on an annual basis and my doctor was telling me to and I wonder if that was to get my insurance money I mean I you know I, you know, I don't know I'm very but wary of doctors I understand yeah I was like <laughs> damn get your insurance money I mean because I, I, I feel like they're always trying to scam me and like obviously they also save lives but I feel like the bad ones like I understand ugh. completely what you're saying and you know what I can't disagree there's a lot of people that take advantage of things, opportunities. Yes, like get kickbacks or, you know, bonuses from insurance companies. You know, it's a procedure that you can get charged. You can, you know, one, you get charged for, and then also that brings in some kind of revenue. Isn't that like similar with C-sections? Like I heard that, you know, people will go in and they want to have a vaginal birth. And then all of a sudden the doctor will say, nope, you got to have a C-section. And someone told me that it was because you get paid more with the insurance. So personally, I mean, I don't, again, like none of these things sound far-fetched. At this point, my belief in like, you know, the human race is anything can happen. True. Clearly. So I don't, I can't put it past anyone. But one really important thing that I want to get across is that when it comes to this kind of shit, you know, it is, you really have to take everything that you hear with Mm -hmm. a grain of salt. 
okay? Because that is one thing I see as well is like, even when I'm the one doing all the counseling and explaining things and I'm like, yo, I know I laid this out for you. I had you repeat it back to me, whatever. And now I see you, you know, a couple weeks, the next day, months later, and you are, you totally like misinterpreted everything that I was saying and you're, you're like, whoa, where'd the break in the communication go? And so people's interpretation of things that happen during like, you know, scary or traumatic or, you know, anxiety provoking events may not always be that accurate. And sometimes medicine is a completely different language and it's our job as doctors to get that language across. But so many things get lost in translation. And unless you are aware, always aware of that as a doctor, you're not going to stop yourself and like figure out how to just, you know, use a term or a, a word that's only like six letters long. So what I'm so, trying to say is that listening to other people's stories when it comes like to that is like, mm-hmm. you, it just, it's, you have to take every experience for what it is. And remember that all the shit that gets like publicized is like absolute worst case scenario. But True. you wouldn't believe how many times a patient like hears something totally different than what, what you were saying just because of the like heat of the moment. <sighs> so okay. what can we do sorry i'm asking the questions that the people want to know <laughs> oh good 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 okay do your thing <laughs> what can we do like if we're we're not there yet but for our listeners who are who want to have vaginal births and like mm-hmm. don't want to have c-sections okay. like is there anything you can do to make sure you don't have a c-section okay that's such a great question and you know what a c-section that's you chelsea that's me. Okay, great. So yeah, I totally hear, I don't want to make it seem like I was even like back channeling what, you know, was being asked before, but because the C-sections, yes, they are a surgery and it sucks if that is not what you were planning. But at the end of the day, in the best case scenario, you know, it's, we got to deliver the baby. We got to deliver the baby. And at least in my short, you know, career as a trainee, I have not been with anyone, any attending who was like trying to just do a C-section for shits and giggles. Okay. Like we are like, this is our last case scenario because for mom, and I say this to my patient, like if we felt like we needed to do this for mom and baby's health. So I don't want people to think that having a C-section is like a failure or the part on the doctor, like that they didn't do their job because at the end of the day, we got to get that baby out. But now in terms of women who want a vaginal delivery, and if you have a good doctor, that should always be, you know, what their goal is as well, because it's safer. It's really important to communicate during your prenatal visits. And, you know, it's difficult, but you have to take ownership of your health and build that relationship with your doctor and ask those questions. Like, ask what the indications are for a C-section. And, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice in the matter if the baby's breech or a baby's not head down. Um, If you've got twins and one of them is and the one on the bottom is is also not head down. Like if you've had a C-section before, that maybe was like an emergency one. So the scar is in a particular way where it's actually unsafe for you mm-hmm. to go into labor. Um, you know, that would be an indication for a C-section. But other than that, you know, if you've got, a, you, anyone's got a good fighting chance to push a baby out of their veg. But like, it's important for women to like know that when they have questions and there's something they're unsure about, they should go, they need to ask their doctor. And, and, and if their doctor is not giving them the answers that they need, or at least providing a resource, like a packet or like a website that actually is not just, you know, a random forum, um, like that is their duty that they should be doing. And you should, you need to find somebody who's actually willing to, to be on that journey with you. Okay, so totally switching gears to mm-hmm. my hotepery. <laughs> what are your thoughts on birth control? Because I personally stopped taking it. Um, and tries to make everyone else stop taking it. I really do. I really do. I'm like very I'm anti-birth to put everybody control. on it. That's funny. You do? No, yes. I'm like... Hashtag IUD, bro. What do you say? Yes. Oh my anti-birth God, control. Hashtag IUD. Well, so, you know, Sade, everybody does their own thing, you know? 
I was on birth control since I was like 13. And then around 22, I want to say, I went to, so I have a homeopathic doctor, back to my hotepery, and she was like, something's off, like your thyroid, like I don't know what's going on here. And I was like, I don't know. And she went through everything and she was like, I don't know about the birth control. And I stopped taking the birth control and like, I've never felt better. Like, and I hear so many scary stories about like young women having strokes or young women having like issues Mm -hmm. getting pregnant. And like, I don't want to say, I'm not a doctor, right? So I have no idea what that has to do with anything, but I feel like you should just naturally get a period. So anything that's causing you to not get your period or throwing off your period is probably not good for you. And didn't like Gabrielle Union come out and say that that like caused her uh, infertility or something? I take birth control. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I mean, I when I got my IUD, it literally changed my life. Like I don't know if I had endometriosis or something, but my periods were deadly. Like I was hospitalized every time like quite often Um, in my IUD, like I have never been happier, but I do have that same fear. Yeah, I have the Mirena, but I'm still, I'm kind of like afraid because I just did it, didn't research enough probably. Girl, yes, (laughs) talking about IUD, you just did it. I was what, one year, I was out of college. It was the year before medical school. I was working as like a research coordinator, but also like babysitting on the side. And then any kind of research opportunity, you know, to join a clinical trial, I jumped in on and I got my IUD place for cash. Okay. Stupid me. Did it during my lunch break. So I was like (laughs) fucked up. Girls take 600 Motrin before you have your IUD place because I can't lie. That shit is uncomfortable. But. You know, I didn't do any research either, okay? And I'm, it it is great to know that I'm not getting pregnant. <laughs> like, that, and that's how what I say to my patients. I let everybody do your thing. Like, I got to counsel you on birth control because I have to. Because you telling me you don't want to get pregnant. And the only way I know how to not get you pregnant is either perform your abortion or put you on some birth control. And so yeah. I'm willing to do all three. But if you're telling me you don't want to be pregnant... I, I'm going to try to put you on some birth control. Granted, not everybody, you know, it's a, it's a medication, it's a hormone, it's whatever. So everybody's going to respond differently to it. And I respect and totally empathize with folks who like can't tolerate it for whatever reason. Like you, Sade, I like took if mine it out. didn't make you feel- I yeah. took my IUD out. That shit was probably the worst experience of my life. Like- yeah. It going in, I was like, what the fuck? This was so painful. And then I was cramping and yeah. I was getting like it's spotting yeah, and it just felt yeah. so shitty. And I was like, get this out of me. And I've been pulling and praying ever since. And I'm not saying that that's the Jesus way to go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She said pulling and praying. She said pulling and praying. You know, that's her I motto. I shouldn't, ah! tell to, I shouldn't tell this to my future doctor. <laughs> She's going to be like, I'll be seeing you soon. Dead ass. No, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Like I tell, I I mean, <laughs> all right, we're going to talk about that too separately. But I need to explain <laughs> something about the period stuff, okay? Because I, a lot of people say that. And when there are birth controls that have, you know, certain hormones in them, hormones that your body naturally creates, something like the IUD, the the progesterone or the Mirena or Liletta, whichever one people might have, it is secreting a hormone that naturally during a woman's menstrual cycle, it's the hormone that is responsible for like getting the lining to start to shed. Okay. And so when that IUD is placed, eventually women don't get a period because they are no longer building up that lining Mm -hmm. that would naturally just come down once a month. So the reason why you don't get a period is not because there's now just like old blood, no toxins or whatever inside of you. It's (laughs) that you like, you don't have a period to shed. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of, like, I just hear that all the time. But um, I get why on the low, 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 like I also am very like, 
I don't know. <laughs> Part of me anti like is anti Western kind of belief in Europeanized, you know, thoughts of like health and medicine yeah, and all that know. shit. So I totally get it. I really do. Be a little sus but at times. I, but does, are you ready to be called mommy? I mean, ha- no. Hashtag are you doing? No, no, not right now. But here's <laughs> well, the thing. Like, if it really came down to it, I will put on a fucking condom. Like, Shade, when do you put on a condom? If it really came down to it. Be honest. We have a doctor in the house. Well, okay. If I sleep with a stranger, I wear condoms all the time. If I'm sleeping with someone that I've been seeing consistently, yeah, no, that's not happening. I feel yeah, but do you, you want get tested con- every three months? Mm. I Okay, you got to lie on the air. Damn. You don't got to lie, Craig. Not every three months. How often, though? Probably, like, annually. Is that too little? It's not too little. You got to do what makes... Listen, this shit been working for you, Sade. What are you, 27, 28? 27. <laughs> no fucking kids, man. Yeah, I mean, Don't do jinx you yourself. True. I know, I'm, not out here. I'm out here, and it's about to be like... A goddamn baby shower next year, um, but no, um, I I do you not. You need to be you need to be tested more frequently then. Just yeah, and, for your and I do not advise that to um, <laughs> listeners to pull and pray. That is not. And don't do that. You gotta ask these niggas. Sorry, excuse me. Can I say that? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. you can. Okay, right. You gotta ask them when they're getting tested as well, because somebody will be like, "Oh yeah, like I'm good," and then it's like, "Yeah, I got tested." It was like when 2009. Like, no, you need to. Not 2009. Yeah. That dick is moldy. I'm dead. (laughs) Um, So just going back to our, to our, uh, yeah, whatever. Too much wine. Um, (laughs) Fibroids. I feel like fibroids. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, what? (laughs) Sorry. Going with it. (laughs) Sometimes it's difficult to transition after you talk about moldy dick. Um, fibroids are, it seems like black women just get them. Yep. You're right. Is there something (laughs) to prevent that? Or what should you do when you find out you have a fibroid? Or let's just talk fibroids. Word. Okay. You're right. Black women have a increased rate of fibroids. I, I don't know if anybody really knows why, but all black women pretty much know that. And so... It really depends on what the fi- first of all, fibroids are benign. They are growths. They are not cancerous, though. It's kind of just like a bunch of like hard, kind of rubbery tissue that collects in different parts of the uterus. Um, and Can guys they- feel it? No, 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 no. They shouldn't. Well, your cervix. Remember, you can sure. <laughs> No dude is reaching the uterus. No dude is reaching the uterus. But no, guys can. A woman, anyone can feel it if it's really big. If it's like pressing on your bladder or like, you know, pressing on your rectum or something like that. Some women have really large ones that make them look like they're like six months pregnant when they're not. Oh so God. those are the ones that like are you want to do something about um, because it's affecting your daily life. Um, and so you would want to see if there's like an option for surgery, but ultimately if you've got a small, tiny fibroid that, you know, for whatever reason you had imaging, you had an ultrasound or something like that. Um, and they happen to see a small fibroid, you know, there's nothing that has to be done about that. Um, if it's not causing you any pain or issues now, what, a lot of black women end up sometimes experiencing is these very heavy, painful periods when they have fibroids. And that can be because where the fibroid is located, it's located in the lining of the uterus as opposed to in the muscle or right outside of it. Um, Mm. And so when it's within that lining of the uterus, it affects the uterus's ability to like, contract or have like a muscle tightening and the muscle tightening is what you know eventually needs to happen to shed the blood during your period or to have a contraction or have a baby or you know things like that so it just gets in the way of that and so these women end up 
having more pain and like heavier bleeding because the muscle can't contract to, to reduce it. So is there something you can do to make a fibroid shrink? Because I know they can grow. Yeah, so they can grow. Um, there are a couple of things that can make the fibroid shrink. So um, they are not without their risks. One thing is um, a, a medication called Lupron. And pretty much what that does is sets you <gasps> into menopause. It okay. stops your estrogen. Um, for, it stops your body from naturally uh, producing estrogen. And the fibroids are responsive to estrogen. And they can, um, they can start to kind of like get smaller or shrivel up or die. That is one thing. But again, who wants to, is a young woman who's like volunteering to go through menopause early. And by go through menopause, I mean it's reverse. It's, it's completely reversible. It's, you can return back to function. It just shuts everything down for a little while, depending on how you take it. Oh, okay. I was like, Shit. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. It's Wait, not. is Lupron the one though? Because I know that there was a medicine for fibroids that caused like a lot of issues. Like there's like a class action suit. Mm, I don't know. I really don't. I'm going to Google while you Yeah, Google, while you yeah. Explain. let me know because teach me too. But so that is one thing. If you, for women who, you know, want to become pregnant, sometimes they opt for uh, a surgery where like the doctor removes a bunch of fibroids from the uterus. Um, that obviously, is, you know, it's a major surgery. The uterus has a lot of blood flow. So it's usually a surgery that involves a lot of blood loss. Um, so that's not without its risks. Yeah, there's ways to cut off the blood supply near the fibroids to help them shrink. There's a bunch of different things that can be this done. That sounds really intense, though. I know. It does. It does. But that's the thing is, like, it depends on how bad it is for you. Like, anything. Like, if it's really bothersome to you, then you'll, you're figuring out what you need to do. But a lot of times, mm. they're not. They're mm. not doing anything. They're just found incidentally. Yeah. So we talked a little bit earlier about <clears throat> all the complications um, in terms of conceiving and delivering full term um, for black women. And you just mentioned that we are we have a, like a higher chance of having fibroids. But is there anything else, I guess, genetically or within our physical makeup that makes it more complicated for us? Yeah, like literally across the board. It's so frightening. It's so weird. Like, you know. Things like uterine cancer, you know, are when it's when it happens in black women, it's like more aggressive and tends to be found in a later stage and like has worse outcomes. Uh, breast cancers um, often are the more aggressive types are um, more common in black women. You know, basic things like high blood pressure and it's just. It, it runs a gamut, and I think the most important thing that we can do is uh, try to break the cycle of basic, you know, and I'm not speaking for y'all, but, you know, just some black people shit where you're like, damn, you do you need all that gravy or you need all that something? It's like, why? Damn, but the gravy is I, good. It's true, Beto. We know, like, <laughs> Oh, no. Let the gravy go. Shade only eats be- asparagus. Shade, <laughs> I'm learning so much about you tonight. I really gotta come. I gotta. I gotta check in with you. I sound like a crazy like like you just moved woman. to California. Right, yeah, right, that's right, what right, you right. sound facts, like. Facts, Damn. Facts. As I sit here with my fucking kombucha and oh god, new delivery of Lululemons. Oh god, I'm lying. I had, did we really play? Jump exactly. Rope play on so you see, I get it now. We don't believe her. We need more people. Damn. Listen, but don't let me run y'all on some fucking spades in my Lululemons with my kombucha with a side of fucking Hennessy. Oh, I don't like Hennessy actually. Yeah, like I you tried it else. with the Hennessy. You really tried. That was a stretch. I don't I like Hennessy. Right. Damn, I like me some Hennessy. Me too. But Ooh, let's have a spades tournament with some Hennessy. I can't play spades. <gasps> Y'all don't want the smoke. See, it don't matter because I could jump double Dutch, Shade. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and I could do tricks. Holla at your boy. Can any one of you braid? I can braid. I don't understand how black girls can't braid. I can braid, but like I can't run somebody. Like I can't do nobody's cornrows. <laughs> like I can't. Alan Iverson, he wouldn't let me, you know, 
do his thing, but can I throw some some ones to the back, like set it there. off? Yeah, some <laughs> Queen Latifah set it <laughs> off for you. Yes. Okay, let's get back, get it All together, right, yeah. ladies. Sorry, um, so I read your Medium article, and I am really curious to learn more about DOD, Daughters mm. of the Diaspora. Could you tell us more about that? Yes. So um, Daughters of the Diaspora is a nonprofit um, that was created by my mentor, Joy Cooper, who's an OBGYN at, um, in Oakland. But she's Philadelphia born and raised, like, one oh, to ten. Shit. Yeah, she's, she's an OG. And she had like a vision that, you know, creating a space for like education and um, like awareness, promoting like self-esteem and just basic kind of sexual health and reproductive health um, is important for young women of color uh, just as a way to prevent, you know, the poor outcomes that we were just discussing, you know, like if, you know, if, anybody, but like black women in particular, like if they understood what, you know, these things mean, what sexuality truly means and not just kind of what's portrayed or expected of them. Mm-hmm. If they have the opportunity to, you know, learn exactly like what your period is, why you have it, they'll just, you know, I, I just don't see how it, it won't contribute to you know, their empowerment and them being able to feel like they're agencies of their bodies and their future because they know what their bodies are capable of. Um, and so it's, it's an organization that I've been a part of for maybe four years now and medical students learn a curriculum. There's a curriculum that we have that, you know, has excerpts from Maya Angelou and Nora, uh, Zora Neale Hurston has, you know, quotes from Serena Williams about just kind of her life, but then also embedded within it are like some hardcore, you know, learning about the hormones that lead to your menstrual cycle and learning about contraception and kind of walking through um, what it's like to walk into the delivery or the labor floor as a young mom, like about to have her baby, like having opportunities where women or the young girls list you know, their goals are marked down on a map where they want to travel to so that they can just think outside of the box a little bit and understand that they can reach those things. But it's important to have that space because, you know, in certain communities, you only know what's right in front of you. And it happens that everybody, your grandma, you, you know, no one's been on a plane before. No, like in that circumstance, that's not judgmental at all, but there needs to be a space for young black women to just hear and see things that have not always been publicized or passed down or directed toward them by folks who look like them. So it's medical students, black medical students who learn the curriculum, Um, you know, me as a resident kind of the face of it in Philadelphia for now. Um, and it's just, it's just important. Like, and it, it has brought me so much joy and it really, um, it keeps me so grounded and it, it motivates me. So that's amazing. thanks that's for beautiful. asking about it. Yeah. And that's so important because I feel like a lot of young black girls might want to go into the medical profession, mm-hmm. but they're like, it, it almost seems impossible. It does. Be- I, yeah, it's true. These 13 year old girls at one time, the things that they were saying was like profound. They just like, you know, your braids just made me feel so much more comfortable. Like I always, every time I say I want to be a doctor, everybody tells me like, it's too hard. It's too hard. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And like, they were really shocked and so appreciative that like just some regular fly girls from whatever city they were from were just kicking it to them real and like really providing the education and I was like damn I can't believe I can't believe that in your young life like this is moving you this much like damn there's not enough role models enough no there's not that's amazing we need to do something I don't know collaborate with DOD somehow 
Yeah. That's amazing. And like we're still trying. Yeah, that would be amazing. But we're, you know, it's interesting because it's hard. It's just hard. It's hard to set up that space all the time. And everyone's got busy schedules. And, Mm -hmm. you know, at the end of the day, we are working with adolescents. And so um, it's difficult to find like the the space and the time to get this done. Um, But, you know, the mission and the passion is there and the crew is there. So we can continue to grow together. I would love to figure out how we can build. Yes. Okay. I don't want to keep you all night because you are a whole lot of doctor. I don't even know. You know? I know I can speak to you forever. I feel like I've been rambling though. Like, have I been doing okay? No, No, you're doing amazing. So important for our listeners. But wait, wait can I, I want to know. We oh, can okay. do, no, you go, do multiple oh. things too, though, because this is perfect. Yeah, we need a part two. Yay. Okay. <laughs> I want to know, and I don't know how comfortable you are talking about this, so if this is like a no-go, just shut me down. <laughs> but what are your opinions on everything going on with these abortion oh. laws? Um, so I deliberately stay out of the ins and outs of politics. I'm ignorant and like I'm willfully ignorant. Uh, so like I know broad strokes. It's blissful. Yeah. I mean, I got to, I <laughs> yeah. got to, I really do to survive. But, um, you know, I'm familiar with Alabama, them trying to not only make it illegal, which is like been the thing, but like then to criminalize physicians. Mm-hmm. So that's the big thing. Some shit More time than rapist. Yep. Oh my God. Some of the things that, yeah. Oh. The rape Girl, and there's a incest. conspiracy that they're trying to grow the white race. That's what's been. A, that's why people don't believe in a lot of hoteps speaking Sade's ass. Don't believe in birth control <laughs> because they're like convinced that it's going to be, you know, it's it's to stop black people from procreating. But I will say that's I'm not, not with that extreme. <laughs> OK, but, you know, they did used to perform like hysterectomies on black women, like mm-hmm. just for shits and gigs without their consent or anything like that. So I get where that's rooted in. But um, I don't know. I mean, I feel, like I said before, the human race is, like, profoundly disappointing to me a lot of the time. And nothing, everything that I thought is would be a surprise could never happen is, like, dead-ass happening. So I'm just trying to... It's like Handmaid's Tale. Yo, and I don't even watch that because I'm sh- I, not in the right headspace for that. <laughs> oh, it's but crazy. Like, you know, for me personally, like on the real, real, I'm I'm going to be an abortion provider and I'll stamp that on my back. And it's not like it's fun for me or anything like that, but like that's a skill that needs to happen. And my mom talks about the fucking coat hanger days and when people Damn. used to drink random concoctions and be dead. Or throw themselves down the steps and yeah, all that like shit. Yeah, like some real fucked up shit. And um, I'm not, I can't be a part of that. Like, uh, I don't know what is going to happen, you know, here, now, whatever. But um, I'm going to keep, you know, fighting my fight and doing what I got to do. Because yeah. that shit is stupid. On a lighter note, from a doctor, and again, tell me if you don't want to answer this, but a listener asked, can you break your clitoris from too many vibrators? Interesting. That is a new one. <laughs> what, what, break? Yeah, that's a complex. It's like, you don't like lose sensation? Yeah, because loose, yeah. it loses its in function or it is it nowhere. broken, like, architecturally speaking? That's how they wrote the question. I understand. Okay. <laughs> I, mean, I think they mean like loose sensi- sensation. Yeah, they probably become sensitized. Damn, it's I have not heard that, but like it's com- it sounds completely feasible. Like you going a little bit too ham, mommy. I, I you get gotta be it, careful but... with those Hitachi's, man. Oh, I don't even. Those are oh, the they're perfect. Can't be wilding. Yeah, use everything hand in moderation. It's like a little massage, but I don't know. I'll do some research on that actually, and I'll get back to you guys and you disseminate. <laughs> Thank you. What <laughs> Inquiring minds. Oh, sure. yeah, um, 
Should we move on to the... Oh, wait, one question before the what would you do. Are there any safe home remedies? We know someone who put a garlic up their vajayjay. I put garlic in my vagina. And then it got stuck. And then the birth, the garlic. Yep, Shadi, I wasn't even going to call you out. (laughs) I put garlic in my vagina because I had a yeast infection and I didn't want to use the... um, Whatever the shit is that they give you. So I was like, oh, so I tried. It was a cream suppository or some shit? That's yeah, because well, I've had yeast infections before. Of and course, be of like, course. Or, stat, or, they give yeah. you like or they should give you the diflucan pill. Diflucan, yeah. And like. Monistat hurts. Sometimes yeah. I'm not a huge fan. Again, back to my hotel. So read. did the garlic work? So it did. What? How? <laughs> it was hard to get out. Tell me what it did. I just wasn't like. Okay, this also wasn't like an extreme yeast infection. Did you like have it, a diagnosed the, it, the yeast ex- infection or it was no, the same I, it, symptoms? No, this was a self-diagnosis. This was oh, like, Jesus. this feels like a yeast infection's <laughs> coming on. I'm going to, you know, eat some more yogurt, yogurt. and do the, do the garlic. Pork and, and it was fine. Over my fucking exactly. Get, just get my pH right, my probiotics, get my you. shit together. If I had like an extreme yeast infection, which I've had and I feel like mm-hmm. I'm dying, like a bitch is running to the diflucan like right away 100%. don't get me wrong all so. right good well uh, so know. then you answered your own fucking question <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, honestly i um or the boric acid or the acv baths i love acv baths I'm, i must say yes that actually harmed me when i tried that really yeah it, like made things worse and like hurt me did you dilute it enough or did you have mad apple cider vinegar and like a drop of water? I watched a YouTube video and I did exactly what she said <laughs> and it did not work. See, everybody's vagina is so different. It, mm, it, like, that too. That's the thing is like, this is what I'm talking about with like the kind of grains of salt. Like people have more sensitive vaginas or more prone to these things. People can respond to putting yogurt in their pussy and or like not. Like I don't. It's hard to say. You do what works. But I'm biased in the fact that I'm like, okay, well, I know that these medications, there's data to show that it works. So that's when I'm going <laughs> to prescribe you. I'm not going to tell you to put apple cider vinegar in your vagina. But, like, if you've done it before and it worked, I guess I can't tell you to not. I don't have data to show that it's not going to work for you. Facts. So Something I will say, and I'm not the doctor here, but something I will say <laughs> is clean your sex toys. Mm, yes yes this is good for me because you guys can really help me um or sade with our freaky ass the sexual (laughs) stuff (laughs) just keeping it a buck yeah no it's important to use like antibacterial soap on the sex toy but not on yourself yes yes and a lot of women think that like I don't know, cleaning in their vagina with their soapy hand and whatever, like that's not helping you. It's hurting you. Talking about pH, that shit is knocking your pH off and it's only going to make whatever's happening worse. Okay. All those powdered scented blah, blah, blahs, some powdered, uh, the scented like tampons and pads. You're better off without it. Yeah, exactly. Like you're better (laughs) off without it. Ladies, please, please, Lord. I just, you know, I treat every vagina like... It's my own. So just <laughs> just take care of it. And sometimes That's it'll hilarious. turn against you no matter what you're doing. That's the thing. Sometimes that bitch is mean. Well, yeah. So that leads us to the listener letter. Yeah. Ooh, wow. this is good. <clears throat> oh. What would you do if oh, I God. suck at home? Crying all over the... That's, you know, what would you do? Okay. Um, Dear BGT... I am 23 and just got my very first case of BV. That's Mm, bacterial vaginosis. Yes. It was gross and humiliating. I took the antibiotics and lo and behold, I got BV again a month later. I immediately recognized it because of the very strong smell. And then I took the medicine and got it again. Eventually, it led to lots of fighting in my relationship because we weren't having sex because I was embarrassed. Uh, To be honest, I'm still kind of going through it, but now I'm going through it alone because we broke up. Um, Damn. Do you have any remedies or advice for chronic BV? I do. Um, 
also, I mean, sometimes it's your body's way of like readjusting. Look, this shit really does happen. It like, and I know it because it's happened to me, like my patients, like sometimes it just bees like that. And all you can do is make sure if you're going to the doctor and they're diagnosing you, that they're actually sending off those swabs to the lab to confirm that it's one thing versus the other. A lot of the time what happens is you'll say, oh, I have discharge or there's a smell or whatever, and your doctor is going to prescribe you something, but it could be an antifungal when you have a bacteria or you, they could be prescribing you an, um, an antibiotic when really you have a fungus and like, or like a yeast infection, that's what a fungus is. But, you know, so making sure that you have the right diagnosis and you're treating the right thing. I think that, again, these are letters I don't know personally. If, if she was in my office and said that, I would ask her about the soaps and the perfume she would, was using. I would ask about a change in the condoms and or how long she's been with her partner because sometimes even the new sperm, sperm is basic, y'all. Just like Yo, these sperm niggas. be coming for you. But, ha, huh, pun intended. But, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but sperm is basic and bacterial vaginosis happens when your vaginal pH becomes more basic. And the thing is that BV, it's a bacteria that already exists in the vagina. Same with yeast. Yeast's already there. But when your pH gets thrown off, either too high or too low, it causes either one of them to overgrow. And that's when you get the discharge and the irritation or the, the smell. One, another It's like thing, being a fucking chemist. Deadass. You know, your, your <laughs> vagina is crazy. Um, and so like being aware of things that are making you a little bit more irritating, irritated and getting them out of your your habits. And sometimes you need to be like, oh shit, did I change my, my detergent? Like something. Sometimes it, that shit gets thrown off like that. Yo, but, that's a fucking fact. That's happened to me too with the goddamn detergent. Yeah. And the, the niggas, like it, <laughs> the sometimes niggas. you gotta just adjust to a new <laughs> situation. <laughs> you gotta dump him, sis. He's, he might've been the problem. No, he probably but, was giving you the fucking B- BV. So BV is not sexually transmitted. You can't pass it on. But oh, okay. trichomonases, so be careful, and it gives you similar symptoms to BV. But um, the thing with the men, you know, 23 is young. If he's 23, that means he's really 17 at baseline, sometimes <laughs> 21 <laughs> in terms of his mental state. Thank and niggas you. don't, they want vagina, but they don't want to do the education about how complex it is and how it doesn't mean that you're nasty or whatever, but that's sometimes the vagina that bitch is going to do whatever she want to do, even if you're treating it nicely. And if you're with a dude who's either making you feel bad about that, or I get how it's embarrassing, but no one should, no one should ridicule you or make you feel bad if you're a normal, you know, young woman and this shit is happening to you so if if that's the reason why y'all not together anymore consider it his loss and whatever fuck him sis but back to i think it really all depends um it really all depends in terms of again whether your doctor is actually looking for the thing that they're treating you for um what kind of soaps detergents condoms anything that can be irritating um and then from there Sade, you're right. Like, at the end of the day, I do believe that a lot of this has to do with what you're putting into your body and all that kind of stuff. So, like, if your diet is, like, straight up McDonald's every day and whatever else, you don't don't drink water, you don't, you know, if you're not drinking water, really, like, nothing is, everything is, you're not setting yourself up for success in that respect. (laughs) So I would say try those things and then um, it's up to you to like really look at your entire lifestyle and your diet about what is possibly toxic and what isn't. That is how I would approach it. Yeah. Isn't it possible? This has happened to me before where it was one or the other that I had a yeast infection yep. and then I got BV or I got BV. Yep, because the antibiotics give like, you a yeast infection. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. Yeah. So that happens because I'm telling you, the vagina is just like so bizarre. But even regular antibiotics that anyone can take for anything, 
it kills all types of bacteria kind of indiscriminately. And our bodies are full of bacteria that is mostly helpful to us. And so when you take an antibiotic for whatever reason, say you had BV and you take an antibiotic, that antibiotic is unfortunately killing off the bacteria that your vagina needs to maintain the pH balance. And so it's all just chemistry in there. And so what ends up happening is, is the yeast start to grow and grow and because there's no bacteria keeping it in check. And then you get a yeast infection and it becomes just like a vicious cycle between the two. If this shit were happening to men, they would have fucking figured oh, it out. Figured it out. Like, don't even get me wrong. I can't. <laughs> I just like, how? How is this? How can't you figure out a pill that won't cause? Ugh, it's annoying. But girl, his loss yeah. is my and point. And don't be ashamed of that shit. Like, I I mean, totally, it's embarrassing. I'm, I understand being embarrassed, but like, yeah, if exactly, you're like, shit, like yeah. Shanae said, like if you're old enough to be fucking, like be right. old enough to have the conversation. Like, I was getting my yeast infections. I had to talk to my man and be like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on? Like, are you are you, you wiping sex toys? Are you wiping something... your pee pee after right. you dribble yeah, exactly. on it? Like, what's exactly. up? Exactly, exactly. What's up? <laughs> what's up? Yeah, it, yeah." Because if, if they want to be like that, then you got to be like that, too, because it goes both ways. Exactly. Yeah, and some people want to be doing freaky stuff like putting syrup and honey and, you know. I'm not saying I do that at all. Uh, sounds like it's a very personal <laughs> No, not at all. Get back to me on the syrup. I've never I think that. agave is a, a better <laughs> consistency. <laughs> Sugar cane. Way better. Put a little sugar cane in there. Oh, sugar cane. I'm done. <laughs> um, but thank you so much. We loved having you on. And our last segment is called Black Girl Doing Shit. And Glenn is going to present that. Or Sade will. <laughs> I think Glenn got knocked off or something is going on. She's like texting. Anyways, so we have a segment. It's called Black Girl Doing Shit where we just highlight a black woman, young woman, just a dope ass black female in our lives and that is you dr jeffers yes we're like so proud of you the hood is proud girl i appreciate it and thank you guys too seriously this what y'all are doing is very important like for real for real thank you that means so much from a doctor I know. Oh, guys. oh, that's doctor. Stop. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> she had to close it like that. Um, but thank you so much. We're definitely going to have a part two whenever time permits, because I'm sure this will lead to even more questions. And yeah, and I want to be able to be like prepared, you know, and, and help no, answer whatever questions people have. Because, again, it's just these platforms, you know, it's these platforms and the opportunity in the space is very important. Well, we're excited to see more that you do. And the minute I get pregnant, you're going to text before. message. Before, too. Before. I want to give you guys your prenatal vitamins. Oh, you know, all, all of it. Stuff, okay? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, wait. Could you uh, prescribe me those now so my hair can get longer? Oh, I'm, th- I'm actually <laughs> my pregnant co-resident. I've been like, oh, two for me, please. Because I'm like, I want my hair and nails to be on point. <laughs> Well, yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out together. I'll let you know if it's Smuggle working. Smuggle Chelsea's probably first on the list. I'm just going to put that out there. No, you are because you're not on birth control. Mm. Mm, Tatiana. Oh. <laughs> the thing is, you, ha- you need to have sex to have a child. Well, I'm, I'm having plenty of sex but it's with birth, birth control. I'm so I'm good. not having any. So, yeah, there goes that. Well, guess who's still more likely to get pregnant? Shorty, uh, not yes. on birth control. Okay? Thank you. <laughs> womp womp. Well, you oh holler at me too. I got options counseling for you. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you so much again. And we love you listeners for listening. Please go to Black Girls Texting. Rate, follow, subscribe. Uh, Dr. Jeffers, I don't know if you want to share your information. You can or you can't. It's up to you. But... Um, Anything else you would like to say before we close out? Um, I just, you know, I'm just so proud to be in this position where, you know, other black women are looking to me and, you know, my friends, my peers, you guys, just to all to be a part of the same circle. Thanks, everyone, for your questions as well. Um, 
And yeah, I guess people can holler at me on the Instagram. Um, don't feel pressured. I don't feel pressured. I feel okay. embarrassed because <laughs> my my name is Chanelope Cruz. Chanelope <laughs> Cruz just came to me one day. I didn't know how to say it. I okay, know. now I get yeah, it. Chanelope Cruz. I love that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, I'd spell it. I just, you guys can, I'm too, I don't want to spell it. If you're really curious, you're going to have to figure it out, sis. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, whatever questions people have, just holler. I would, I would love to try to be a resource for people. Amazing. Yeah, well, and thank email you, us, thank you. listeners and... at hello at blackgirlstexting.com if mm. you have any more questions for Dr. Jones, yes. and we can do a part two. Yes. Thanks, Glenn. All right. You ladies have a wonderful night. You too. too. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Night night.